0: okay wait a minute
1: have you guys seen because i legit saw this the other night it was late so that's probably why it was aired there's a thing called trumpy bear and it's a uh, teddy I bear
0: with a tie
1: it. it's a teddy bear with hair similar to our
2: oh man chief. by the no, like, way wait, no, wait, wait, it gets better wait no, it gets wait. better it gets let better. me it gets say better. one thing what that sounds kind of cute i'm not gonna lie it no it's kind of
1: creepy but anyway <laughs> you can unzip its back huh and an american flag Comes, blanket, out of comes out of it that is oh.
3: legit i want
1: it. oh man i wow. actually i actually paused the Bickley tv <laughs> <laughs> I, so are the I, hands
4: tiny i think it
1: was but it, it, oh the zipper's tiny in Many the commercial is showing these like biker dudes r- r- uh, putting the trumpy bear on their motorcycle and it's like this, i love riding around with my trumpy bear <laughs> and i'm just like I, I legit had to rewind it and record you, the commercial. Like, was this even real? I Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, guys, is this real? Like, what the hell?
5: Uh, speaking of Trumpy Bear,
2: you guys... Got... Wait, I just want to say this though. Trumpy Bear is going to be huge in Japan. Compromise. Trumpy
0: Bear is going to blow <laughs> up in Japan. Get ready.
2: So welcome to another episode of the Legend of Ryan, Wand
5: of Newsholland.
0: <laughs> oh my God! I'm uh, sorry,
5: I'm laughing because of that. I just found a picture of Trumpy Bear.
1: <laughs> See, it's real. Trumpy Bear is hey, real. Uh, That's, true. True. That's what it looks oh, like. God. And then a, a, a Trumpy a, Bear
2: looks more like a raccoon.
1: Well, <laughs> he's got some the, well. eyes. And then and then an American flag thingy thing comes out of him. Or or, this or
2: comes out of his ass. Yeah, I know. Or he's an Indian sloth bear.
3: But yeah. then these like biker dudes are just like, oh. <laughs> I loved riding around with Trumpy Bear. Well,
6: uh, I am... Hey, since you're looking at a picture of it, can you tell me where they hid the subtle racism?
2: <laughs>
6: <laughs>
2: well, I'm uh, I'm one of the hosts, Danushka Kumar-Singha. <laughs> today, we have Courtney Rajan. Ken Tran. Yeah. Uh, Brendan Kidney. Hey. And uh, our, our guests for today are uh, David Zuckman and also Justin Katapang. Hey. So, <laughs> um, the analogy of today, so... If we were board games, I'm I'm going with that. (laughs) Or I mean, really, I'm gonna say yeah. I'm gonna say board games. If we were board games, what would we be? Okay. So starting off with Ryan, Ryan would be life because (laughs) because if we're all being honest ourselves, Ryan's going down that road. Yes. Wife, baby nine to five he's he's his, in it yeah his life, it. His, his life is over his life is over his life is over ironic in a game of life his life is over yeah but uh congrats ryan <laughs> <laughs> that <was> uh, tough. <laughs> uh courtney
0: yes
3: you would be
2: risk
1: why would i be risk
2: you'd be risk the risk is a very intelligent
0: <laughs> <strategic>. <laughs> oh, oh, my oh,
2: also but also also though ken
5: Mm-hmm. you would be Jumanji.
2: <laughs> nice. I had that game
5: oh, as a kid. Nobody yeah. wanted to play it with me.
2: <laughs> Brendan, you would be Cards Against Humanity, and I say that only because I feel like Cards Against Humanity is the break down a door kind of a game, but also it's the not board game in this entire selection.
1: <laughs> oh. He has to break the mold. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's, that's what Brendan
4: does. Um, it's true. I would sell people poop for 10 bucks. a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: David, I put you down as Twilight Imperium because that—I mean, I don't know—I feel like you're the guy who has like a really strategic RPG-esque sort of game. I don't know. I mean, that's—that's what I got. Let me start
6: off by saying thanks for not saying I'm Secret Hitler, but Twilight (laughs) Imperium—one is of my favorite games.
2: Uh, Justin, I put you down as Arkham Horror. What? Yeah, you played Arkham Horror. No. It's an amazing game. It's like—it's basically the Cthulhu game. You're, You're playing characters trying to stop. The coming elder gods
6: it's he's saying you're really good at summoning cultists
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll, I'll, you're, you're, you're into like RPGs and I just thought like, yeah you'd be you'd be the Arkham Horgan listen all I know about that game is one time when I played I played a scientist who had a device who can disrupt like the portals into hell or whatever, into other realms that appeared. So nobody can get the jump on me. On top of that, I found a cachet of weapons. Uh, I happened to find like a spell book so I can cast spells too. And on top of that, I'm the only player in that game who went to Father Michael and got blessed by a Catholic priest. So I became like the ultimate monster hunter. I had science, like spirituality, God on my side. (laughs) I was ready to fight anybody. Um, And I would be mousetrap. Mouse because trap. I'm, I'm, I'm per- like mousetrap. I'm pretty pointless. and really convoluted. So <laughs> I think I'm And takes m- forever t- and, and takes forever to yes. set up
5: doesn't go anywhere.
2: <laughs> and you don't know why you're playing. and You don't know why you're here. Well, but, the,
5: well, the yeah. payoff is good, but it takes forever to set up the sucker. <laughs> yes.
2: So uh, our guests for today are David Zuckman and Justin Katapang. Uh David, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself.
6: Hi, I'm David Zuckman. I like long walks on the beach and drinking (laughs) pina colada. No, um, I'm a uh, board game designer. Uh, I run obscure reference games. We've put out one game so far, Overlords of Infamy. Which is about being an evil overlord trying to make everyone as miserable as possible by doing silly things like blanketing the region in glitter or throttling internet (laughs) speeds to 56k, dividing by zero, blowing up the moon, that kind of thing. Ah,
2: Right. And I believe the last time we spoke, you had another card that was a reference to modern times, right?
6: Oh yeah, build a wall and make the kingdom of good pay for it. (laughs) So I mean, how do you? That one's a favorite right now.
2: How did you come up with this game? Like, what even prompted you to get into this and come up with this idea?
6: Uh, I had some really good friends that were trying to get me out of a funk that uh, that a breakup had put me in, and we were playing board games a lot. And so we just got onto the topic at that time of uh, you know what would we do if we made our own games? And then the next day at work, and pretty much all that night, I was thinking about it, talking to my friends about it, and we'd come up with uh, a. This idea essentially, um, which looks absolutely nothing like the game does today.
2: What I mean, what does the game entail? You play as different overlords, and the right. goal is that you. There's like a, from what I, I remember reading about it, there's like, an, like a card that has like your evil plot, and you have to like what do things to advance that plot.
6: Right. So there's 11 overlords that you can play as, um, including oh. Waffles the Corgi. Yes, I remember that. There's
2: a Corgi. I remember that. Yeah.
6: And Tyrannota Bergerac is a gentleman, in Tyrannosaurus. We also have <laughs> the dead pirate Roberts. She's a zombie pirate. Um, I have got to get this
4: game. <laughs> there's, a, there,
6: there's a lot of references in there. Um, but the idea is, yeah, you're going to have um, these plots and you start out with these really easy to complete plots. They're called knavery. They're basically the basic plots. Um, Those are things like making everyone's socks slightly damp or stealing candy from babies or uh, ordering unnecessary construction on a major thoroughfare because L.A. And uh, you (laughs) go up into uh, higher level stuff. Um, They're called uh, villainy plots. And at that level, uh, you're doing things like, oh, what's a good one? Refilling fire extinguishers with gasoline, shutting (laughs) down power at the dinosaur containment facility, uh, and then eventually you get to so the domination level. So you can literally be level. Wayne
2: Knight. You can be Wayne Knight.
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you get to the domination level. You're doing things like uh, resurrecting the old gods, speaking of Arkham Horror. Yeah. And uh, a- another one is uh, causing a global thermonuclear war. So if you wanted a Trump simulator. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, so I-, I like how it goes from just really you know, damp socks to like apocalypse
6: <laughs> right. And the great thing about that card is it immediately ends the game if you play it. So the idea is you're collecting resources which are represented by little wooden pieces. Those, As long as you have the uh, appropriate resources, you complete your plot, you read it in your best evil overlord voice, your level of infamy increases, and you choose a new plot. Um, to get these resources, you're going to send lackeys out from your lair, and the lackeys are going to go harvest these resources for you. But... To find the resources, you need to exploit the land, which means you're going to grab map tiles and you're going to put those down in your area of influence. You're essentially growing the number of resources and type of resources that are available to you for your lackeys to go harvest. Hmm. You could also send your lackeys to villages to quote unquote, recruit additional lackeys for you, which is great if the adventuring hero comes around and murders some of your lackeys and you find yourself <laughs> below. Do you play against other players? There's definitely competitiveness in there. Um, and yeah, it, it's everybody is against the adventuring hero, but more so, they're against each other.
2: And um, I mean, is there anything else you want to share with us or anything?
6: Uh, sure. Working on a new one right now. It's called Dimensions of Discord Online. It's uh, a tabletop game about being a guild leader in an MMORPG. And, um, that one's still in development, but we have a text adventure game in the form of interactive fiction available online. I'll give you the link for that as well. Okay, great. Um, like, if you ever played Zork, kind of like that.
2: And we'll, uh, we'll post a link and, uh... Have our fans check it out.
6: <laughs> sure.
2: <laughs> cool. Um, Justin. So, I mean, I got to mention something about Justin first. Justin is a strange
5: situation. <laughs> okay. Because, because. Oh, that's well, a nicer introduction, <laughs> dude. Exactly.
1: Thanks you know, for coming on the show, man. Yeah. Thanks, bro. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Justin,
2: chronologically, this is Justin's first appearance on the show but technically this isn't because Justin was on one of our lost episodes that I didn't post yet so (laughs) I'm introducing because it it, it was too hard to edit that episode it's gonna take a while but what a quitter but Justin so I mean basically I'm introducing Justin as as it is the first time the audience got gets to meet him (laughs) but he's been on the show before I'm gonna say this The last time he was on the show, I introduced the show as if everybody was characters from uh, Back to the Future.
1: Yeah.
0: This
2: one girl named Ania was Doc Brown. Brendan was Marty McFly. I was the Libyan terrorist. (laughs) And uh, Justin— Aren't you kind of
1: typecasting yourself?
2: (laughs) uh, It's it's appropriate. It's always appropriate with me. Uh, Justin was—I said he's George McFly. And one of the funny things was I didn't realize— And everybody else pointed out George McFly is a peeping Tom. And I was like, oh shit, I didn't realize I was like wrong about that. And Justin had like a great one liner. He's just like, nah, man, that's more accurate than you realize. I
5: was like, and that joke, that
2: joke got lost in like. The crazy of that episode, but like I love that. That was a good line.
5: You have to be the peeping tom in order to get the girl. <laughs> so you have to get the dad to run you over with the car so you go into her house. That's that's
6: how it works. That's, that's how the basis of every good love story. Yeah, that's how
5: you. That's how you get the girl at the end. Get run over by
3: car. Uh, yeah. Justin, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So I'm Justin. I'm gonna be on every single lost episode ever. I'm guessing <laughs> <laughs> this show's this not going show, to air. <laughs> this show will also be lost. Yes, I'll just be on every single lost episode. I'll be like an extra one. But uh, so uh, I'm Justin. I'm a student. Uh, I work at amusement parks. Nice. Um, I didn't develop board games, unfortunately. Although that sounds really cool. <laughs> And um, I don't think I'm funny, but apparently I am. I I think he's
2: hilarious. <laughs> I mean, like literally, Justin's one of the few people where he can just be like, "Hi, Noosh," and I'm like, "Ah, dude, stop it, stop it. That's hilarious." <laughs> uh, he's uh, he's
3: outrageous. Outrageous. Yeah. Outrageous. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't have anything. Others. I, I'm not that cool. Okay. I, I don't have anything special to talk about. Um, just a just a just the homeless guy he just a... took from off the streets to put on. the Yeah, show. I mean, I so you're
2: the. I was wondering. I remember there's somebody who said like, "Oh yeah, I'm a homeless guy that you took off the streets to put on the show." And I was like, "Was it Justin?" Yeah, it feels like a Justin Last comment. Time. Last yeah. time, I was on here, I was mm. like,
3: "Yeah, News just paid me a couple bucks to fill up fill in a seat." You know? <laughs> yeah, and, and you mm. know what? Your
2: Captain America. We were talking earlier about Captain America moments. You know, the moment where Captain America told somebody I can't remember like some person he's like Hail Hydra like the, the Captain America became evil okay. meme on the internet for like a second for a second yeah for a second I mean but they, th- that that meme Captain America became evil started like a bunch of other memes where okay. like Hank Hill was talking about how great charcoal is or like the kid Phineas from Phineas and Ferb is like like I want school to start <laughs> or, or like you know all these characters like Daredevils like I I can I could can see the whole time everybody like said like stuff that betrayed who they are you know Batman's yeah. like I killed my parents <laughs> <laughs> Like <laughs> so Justin's thing, he'd be like, "I am funny." <laughs> <It's not> really- <laughs> he admits it.
3: And if I was <laughs> Noosh, I'd be like, "I will start the show on time." Yeah!
2: <laughs> no, oh. no, 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 dude. If if you were Noosh, it'd be it would it would no. If you were Noosh, it would be like, "Don't say it for the show." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The topic of today's episode is tabletop, which includes, you know, tabletop board games or tabletop RPG games. This story, guys, is about the Chess World Championship in 1978, okay? <laughs> okay. It's, it, we're going historical and... and it's, this okay. isn't
1: Bobby Fischer, is it?
2: No, this is after Bobby Fischer. Oh, Fisher. okay. Good question. I, I talk about Bobby, though, because okay. it's... Screw relevant.
6: that guy. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs>
2: Bobby, was a he was a troubled and not so great person so chess first chess in the cold war right now just for i mean i think a lot of people know this by now but just in case they don't right so during the cold war the soviet union rejected the capitalism of the west which included pop culture romantic art modern music and quote unquote corrosive games like poker the government pushed classical music ballet realist art and chess as acceptable forms of culture hmm. this is why like the Russians are like known for ballet and classical music because oh, it was just
1: like forced and on chess. them yeah. that's all they had but all
4: <laughs> the pieces aren't equal in ch- in chess
1: oh it's going again
4: oh, oh the yeah. shit communist dude
5: good point idea. that's and that's there's subversive. A and there's a king, so there's, <laughs> yeah, there's, a there's, king there's ranks, a queen. there's that's, ranks and it's stuff. It's
2: literally against everything the communists stood
1: for. So pretty but much, that's why they failed.
5: I, I think, mean,
2: really, they yeah. should be checkers. Yeah, <laughs> checkers.
5: <Yeah. laughs> checkers is the game. Well, but then game. you
1: can become a king. You yeah, know, you can king become, me. You can king yeah.
5: me. Get another wow. piece. I know.
1: What is?
2: I mean, you know what it is. Then remember that remember that game, dude, where you? It's like an African game where there's marbles and you go around like a. Moncala. Monkala. Monkala is the Soviet game chess was a means to show Soviet superiority in the world. Like that's the, yeah. one of the ways they showed their superiority. So it was one of the, ac- I and mean, believe it or not, it was one of the battlegrounds of the Cold War. I mean, the actual chess tournaments across the, the world were the places where the Soviets showed the superiority of not only their country, but communism as a whole. So from 1948 until 1972 and 1975 to 1993... The title of chess world champion belonged to Soviet grandmasters. Yeah. It was Soviet-controlled for all those years, except 72 to 75, which was the Bobby Fischer years. Okay. The Soviet Union had Soviet schools for chess taught by world champions. These schools were meant to train the next generation of chess players. The United States Chess Federation didn't do nearly as much to train young chess players. I mean, literally, they're just like, hey, come play chess. And all the, all the kids are just like, no, nah, I'm going to play baseball. <laughs> I'm going to play
4: football. I'm
1: going to play anything but chess. <laughs> Go back so in the room.
4: So the Soviets were Dexter. the best at this game that pretty much no one else really cared about. But at least they were the best. <laughs> they at were the that. best, They though. were
2: best at it. They, I mean, actually, it's crazy. I'm not joking when I say this. In the year that I'm talking about there was literally in the tournament the world tournament everybody was Soviet one guy wasn't and his ethnicity was Soviet so he wasn't technically Soviet but he he was oh. ethnically Soviet. It,
5: it's like those Olympic it's like those Olimp-
4: championship at that point
5: it's like those Olympic ping-pong matches everybody is Chinese but they're all from different countries yeah one's from Canada one's from Malaysia they're all Chinese
2: so in the 1972 chess champion this is before this in 1972, the World Championship final match was between Bobby Fischer and Boris Spassky. Fischer wanted to back out from competing, but the U.S. Secretary of State, Henry Kissinger, called him to insist he compete. Kissinger was like, no, you're going. Like
1: He like, wasn't even like he asked. He this said, is not an option, son. You're
5: going to represent
4: the U.S. Yeah,
5: they, probably and you're sat, f- they probably said it in his Kissinger voice. Have you heard that guy talk?
4: Oh, my no. gosh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I am Dr. Henry Kissinger. He was, yes. I just mean, this is my magic murder <laughs> bag. Wait, no, that's Team Venture.
2: That's Kissinger and uh, Calvin Coolidge had what I like to call bedroom voices. Oh, God. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> can, that's I, a bedroom voice? Dude, I can only imagine that's, how they spoke to their wives. What are you doing
4: <laughs> in your bedroom, Noosh? <laughs> dude, Ca- Calvin Coolidge is just like,
2: uh, all right, baby, I want you to just uh, take it off and just stroke it. Stroke oh, it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: <That>
1: would just, <laughs> I would just be walking out the door at that
2: point. <laughs> you can do your best Henry Kissinger voice, just get drunk and slur everything you're saying. <laughs>
3: God. I no, no, no. Place, get drunk. You know, get yes. drunk
2: and try to uh, imitate Harvey Wine. Harvey Wein- no, what's his name? Weinstein? No, no. no. Wow. What's his name? Not Harvey Wine. Wow. <laughs> well, maybe. That's pretty dark. That's pretty dark. No, not Harvey Wine. What's that guy's name? Ben Stein. Oh ben Stein. Ben Stein. oh, ben Stein. Yeah, get drunk and channel Ben Stein. Jeez, not Harvey Bueller. Weinstein.
6: Bueller. 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 If you're Bueller. drunk and you're
2: channeling Harvey Weinstein, Noosh. go home and rethink your life.
1: <laughs> if you get drunk and, and act like Harvey Weinstein, go to the police and turn yourself yeah, in. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> Okay, so uh, it was
2: best of six. Harvey won. Uh, Harvey won. Oh, my God, I'm really, man. <laughs> Henry Kissinger pushed Fisher to go yeah. to this competition. This match was televised around the world with both Russians and Americans watching in bars and clubs. It was basically, <laughs> dude, everybody was watching across the U.S. This was like a heavyweight fight equivalent to like Rocky versus Drago, dude. I'm it kind of sad that our, which gener- isn't real, our by generation
1: the way. <laughs> doesn't have anything like that. Where nope. everyone's like glued to their TV <laughs> yeah. over something like... A CHESS GAME! Okay, so,
2: Fisher, if you don't know, is very very eccentric and he had several demands to even compete. One um, the only, so-
1: only brown M and M's.
2: The Soviets were, by the way. I mean, saying only brown M and M's. I mean, because <laughs> Fisher's a racist. If you didn't know
1: that,
0: oh, I mean, he, I didn't
2: know. That. He's, he's a racist. Oh, <laughs> uh, really? So, <laughs> anti-Semitic for one. Yeah. Yeah. no brown M and M's. He's he's anti-Semitic and um he's he's really like he's he's one of those not just anti-Semitic. He's like crazy like. Jewish people conspiracy, oh God. anti-Semitic. So he was like that. and I He hated the Skittles, everybody. I
1: want this Skittles soaked in water and all yeah. the colors taken off.
2: Ooh, <laughs> just get this man a Trumpy bear. <laughs> yes. The Soviets were convinced Fisher was playing mind games with Spassky with all of his demands, right? He was trying to delay the match. The Soviets demanded that both players, the chessboard, the table, and the chairs be examined for bugs. <laughs> they were convinced Fisher was receiving codes from the U.S. government. <laughs> oh
0: my so God. just
2: ending this part of the story, though, Fisher defeated Spassky. This humiliation was one the Soviets refused to ever accept or experience again, which brings us to the tournament in 1978. This is what I'm getting to now. Okay. So we're going to talk first about Viktor Korchnoi and Anatoly Karpov.
1: Okay. Sounds
2: exciting. Karpov's It's more ex- <laughs> exciting than you realize. So... Viktor Korchnoi was a Jewish Russian born in 1931. He was trained in the Botvinnik Soviet school system, so he's one of the the students of that Soviet chess school. Yeah. At the age of 20, he won the title of Soviet master. His signature style being able to counter. So this is his signature style during play. Uh, his, his it's being able to counterattack in nearly impossible defensive positions. He was basically. This is sounding like an anime. He's ba- <laughs> dude, he's basically Big Damn Heroes. His whole thing was last minute ass pulls. Like, he just pulls <laughs> victory out of, like, apparent loss. Oh,
5: okay. I like, okay. Big,
1: last
2: minute ass okay. pulls? Yeah, what? Th- <laughs> yeah, thank
5: you <laughs> no, for explaining that <laughs> terminology.
2: Oh, that's true. Come I mean, on. Big Damn Heroes and, and ass pulls might sound kind of weird to anybody yeah, just a little who doesn't bit. know what. Yeah, it, it's basically last minute saves. That's, okay. that's, that's, that's what those terms mean. Did, yeah.
1: Did. Wait, where is that term originating from? The last minute ass pulls or whatever. Well, last minute ass pulls is a common term used. Where
5: like in movies?
2: You? Know. Donald yeah.
4: Trump
5: invented
2: people, it. <laughs> I know for sure. Big damn heroes is a phrase. That oh, comes you mean, from uh, oh, you mean Firefly. Oh,
5: you mean pulling. Yeah. You mean pulling out of your ass.
1: Yeah, pulling it out of your yeah. ass. I know that. Yeah. I don't. know oh, yeah. I don't know oh, ass pulls. Okay,
2: okay. So I mean, I've heard people though, take the. T- I mean, this is very common to me at least. I know. I have. Okay. People use the term like a like. Pulling it out of your ass, and they flipped it to be an ass pull. An
1: ass pull. Okay. Yeah, I guess Never I guess heard of that.
2: the noun of, a la- of pulling it out of your ass is an ass pull. <laughs> that it's the noun.
1: We've
5: yeah. been <laughs> ass pulled, man.
1: Yeah. Well, I because I, I yeah I use that all the time. I'm like you know how many essays I pulled out of my ass that <laughs> yeah. I you know and I get good grades. <laughs>
6: come out, corny butt. I would see yeah. a doctor about that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so uh, the next person is Anatoly Karpov. Uh, Anatoly, or Karpov, was a Russian born in 1951. So he's 20 years younger than Korchnoi. He was also trained in the Botvinnik school. He became the youngest Soviet master in history at the age of 15. He became a Soviet master, and he was still having pimples. And <laughs> I, I'm, not, I, I'm not gonna lie, dude. Actually, um, he, in the pictures of him when he's 15, he got his you know title of Soviet master. Uh, he is this dude who has like a wispy, not quite in mustache, like that teenage <laughs> oh, yeah. wispy mustache. He's that guy. He was a charming, polite intelligent he was also a communist and considered a model of the new soviet man propaganda that the soviets were pushing you know that just that Aryan, yeah. like intelligent compassionate brilliant communist man you know he was like a model of that sort of thinking uh, also he's he's that kid you know the wispy kid with the mustache but he also had a porsche uh, a, 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 Mos- a moscow apartment and a lot of money and women because <laughs> he is rich and he's of famous of course Uh, That totally (laughs)
4: sounds like communism.
2: So uh, his signature style while playing was a cold calculating long game that plans for the checkmate even in his first move. So even in his first move, he actually has a quote where he literally said he will never try to win the game in early game. he rather play a long game where there's like a 2% chance of winning than like a 25% chance of winning in the early game because for him, the long game is more successful for him. So he plays long game all the time. His nickname was the Siegfried of chess. Okay. Siegfried being the famous, you know, the – Epic poem, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, Karpov became the world champion in 1975. The reason is because Fischer was the champion, right, from 1972. Well, Karpov made it to the finals to challenge Fischer. Mm-hmm. Fischer refused to compete. As a result, by default, Karpov won the the title by forfeit.
1: I wouldn't want that title because I <laughs> no, like, that's not fair. It, it
2: bothered Karpov. He wanted to prove mm. himself for yeah. years. Korchnoi became an enemy of the Soviet Union in 1976. The government believed that those of Korchnoi's generation had failed to defeat Bobby Fischer. So they blacklisted Korchnoi from playing international matches. They promoted Karpov's generation as the new hope for Soviet chess dominance against the West. Korchnoi defected to the Netherlands in 1976 after a tournament. He was the first grandmaster to defect from the Soviet Union. The Soviet government declared that he was, quote, deformed, diseased, and a morally sick renegade. (laughs) They they hated (laughs) Korchnoi with that set up. (laughs) <laughs> this brings us Let's to get to, the to, the, stuff. to the crazy of ni- the 1978 World Championship final match. Not even the whole tournament, just, just the, the final, final <laughs> match, which is de- which is actually described as the weirdest chess World Championship in history. <laughs> okay. The preliminary, the championships were going to be held in baguio philippines (laughs) shout out to my Pinoy brothers and justin over here i actually know where baguio is it's a very cool environment kind of similar to like it's
4: all soviets competing against other soviets and that one guy who was secretly soviet yes but then people are like oh yeah but you should hold it here in the philippines
2: so basically like 20 soviets were playing chess in the philippines
1: Well, it's just like, you know, the World Series for baseball, and no one else in the world is playing it but the United States.
2: Right. Yeah, but we we don't go to like... But nobody else is welcome, really. I mean, like, (laughs) really, if we're being honest. I mean, nobody else is really welcome. Hey, 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 hey,
4: Canada (laughs) won it when I was a kid, (laughs) twice in a row. (laughs) And then we... Stop playing that sport <laughs> altogether and we don't speak of it.
2: <laughs> Instead of having other countries play the World Series, what we do is get the players from the other the countries. countries. Yeah, <laughs> oh, is that us? how it becomes the World, the World Series? That's oh, how It's a World Series.
1: Okay. <laughs> I, I did not know that.
2: So here's the thing, though. Korchnoi was the only player representing quote-unquote the West because Fischer quit. So literally, it was like 19 Soviets and one former Soviet. (laughs) Korchnoi was the only hope for the West. Everyone wanted to see a grudge match between Korchnoi and Karpov. Both players, before this whole thing happened, were talking mad shit about each other. Like, Karpov hated Korchnoi. Korchnoi hated Karpov. Actually, Korchnoi, though, limited himself to basically talking shit about Karpov's game. He just yeah. said Karpov's a shitty player. And, <laughs> he but Karpov, holds his fingers wrong as he yeah. moves the pieces. But Karpov was like, you know, <laughs> Korchnoi is an evil, sick, deranged psychopath. Like, that's Karpov's Hit and blow the
1: belt, man. Hit and <laughs> blow the belt.
2: Well, in, in Soviet Russia, hitting below the belt is normal, I guess. Yeah, Soviet, that's above the belt.
1: Hitting above the <laughs> in belt. Soviet
2: Russia, in Soviet chess Russia, chess matches are held in the Philippines.
6: <laughs> <laughs> By the way,
2: that is my best uh, – the comedian's name, I forgot his name, but he's like a Jewish comedian who d- does yeah. that bit. I, I cannot do that time. <laughs> that's the best I can do.
1: What the, that,
4: that's the your Yakov Smirnov. Hey, hey, you Yakov, Yakov Smirnoff. Smirnof. I
2: cannot do Yakov Smirnov, yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, – Korchnoi was a man without a country, so he couldn't compete internationally. The English grandmaster named Raymond Keane, who basically looks and dresses like a fatter Austin Powers,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> he suggested that quote, play under the Jolly Roger. The Soviets tried to keep but he's
1: good play as a pirate.
2: Because he has no flag. The way the the world tournament works is you have to represent a country. So 19 people are representing the Soviet Union. But the problem is Korchnoi has no citizenship anywhere. He's a man without a – he's living in the Netherlands. Yeah. But he doesn't – he's not a citizen, so he can't represent the Netherlands. So he's technically not able to compete because he has no
4: country. The Soviets tried
2: a chess to Chess pirate.
4: <laughs> he's a chess pirate. He's I'm going he's... back to the whole anime thing and I want to see this anime. Well, he
2: he's the rook pirate Roberts. So
0: <laughs> There
2: you go. <laughs> so the Soviets tried to keep him out by demanding that all players needed a flag. Um so the officials the the chess the, the basically the World Chess Federation uh officials declared a new rule. Nobody has flags that year.
1: Okay, Mm -hmm. so he was able to kind of, like, slide in Mm -hmm. under there, under the radar.
5: The man who fought the country.
1: (laughs) So, uh, as expected,
2: both Korshnoi and Karpov made it to the finals. Side note, some of the Soviet players, so in the matches leading up to the finals, some of the Soviet players were kicking Korshnoi under the table. (laughs)
0: Jeez!
2: They were kicking him under the table. (laughs) They were just, and they were not even being, like... Vague probably about they, it was obvious. It's, you just hear, you just hear, oh my so, god! So 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 how
5: how how chess nerds get the one up ones on each other? Yeah. Kick them under the <laughs> table. Yeah, yeah.
2: They they don't they don't deflate balls. They, no, kick, yeah, you they kick you in you the balls. The
1: table.
5: <laughs> <laughs> they kick you in the balls. <laughs> I crush you, kick, kick. <laughs> kick. I want to know just how bad the kicks are, or is it just probably like yeah,
2: probably yeah. Yeah. The, oh, oh the I know this shins. I know this. The table is vibrating. Like they were kicking so hard, the table vibrated. So the only way. So, moving on to the actual, actually, like what actually took place during this match. The only way to describe what happens next during the final match is that Korchnoi and Karpov basically take turns fucking with each other oh. back and forth. <laughs> I'm glad you finished that I'm sentence. I'm so <laughs> glad you finished that sentence.
5: Woo, under the table. Yeah. With each other. They are yeah. just like
2: footsies. They were just like, hey, my, like, hey one of them takes their foot, shit. their shoe off and just kind of strokes. It's, I, I know it's been a long time. You, my love. <laughs> they were calling Soviet once. Russia, we <laughs> do will stuff you, under the table. Will you be my king? Yeah. <laughs> so first, The sunglasses. Karpov had this habit. So this is a younger guy, right? Karpov's yeah. a younger guy. Had a habit of staring at his opponents. He had this cold, penetrating gaze. And even when he moves his pieces, his eyes would never leave their eyes.
1: That's creepy. So by actually, the way,
2: by the way, it's something that chess players do a lot of like psyching each other out. Like that's like something that's common in chess. So he always stares you right in the eyes as he's playing. Many players get phased by it. Korchnoi spoke with a Filipino psychologist named Dr. Jamie Budala... Bulatao Bulatau. Bula-tau pronounced, pronounced, that sounds right? very Jesse. Filipino. I, I, don't, I don't even speak
0: Filipino. <laughs> it's Bula-tau? Tagalog. I don't, know. Uh, I don't oh, speak Tagalog. Yeah, there
2: you go. It, it sounds Bula-tau. legitimate. <laughs> Do- Dr. Jamie Bulatao. So on how to deal with this problem, right? Mirrored sunglasses. <laughs> Dr. Bulatao suggested he poker wear sunglasses. Sungla- poker sunglasses, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, she suggested he wear sunglasses. So Korsnoy decided to wear large mirrored sunglasses. During the match, all Karpov could see was his own gaze. Karpov insisted. Freak, probably freaked himself out. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like no. It's basically like that whole uh, Perseus thing, right? The mirrored shield against oh, Medusa, yeah. yep. you know. So that's Karpov, how you look. <laughs> Karpov insisted that the sunglasses were reflecting the lights into his eyes. So the judges had them stand up. They sat in their positions while wearing sunglasses to test this claim. They found no issue with it, and the players were told to continue playing.
1: He's like score.
2: Karpov was immediately pissed that his claim wasn't taken more seriously. Next: <laughs> the chairs. <laughs> Korchnoi d- didn't trust the Soviets at all, and he especially did not trust them to not put devices in his furniture. So what Bring if,
1: on the tinfoil hats.
2: And by, by the way, speaking of tinfoil being like a really <laughs> bad thing, mostly when chess players talk about devices, they talk about two kinds. One, the type that transmits like messages, like codes for like make this move, oh, okay. make this yeah. move. Or the other kind that zaps you, like, like basically creates like a low vibrational electric shock that mm. messes with your thinking. They actually think that sometimes like Soviets might put devices in your chair to make it so you can't think straight. Yeah. So... Korchnoi brought his own chair from home. It was a Stoll gyroflex, which is basically a really nice computer chair with like a swivelly kind of thing going. The chair regulations were, there was chair regulations. Of course there is. That the chair could move back and forth but not swivel. Karpov demanded that Korchnoi's chair should be examined for devices. He believed that Korchnoi was trying to zap his brain with electricity
4: (laughs) or radiation.
1: Oh my God, the amount of like... What's paranoia so, uh, is ridiculous.
4: This is the so world they have just all these fancy devices and stuff they could use, but the Soviets reduced themselves to kicking. Yeah. On the <laughs> <table>. <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: So well, I mean, back then, uh, an electric device was probably like the size of like a car, you know, <laughs> That's or true. like it's like the size, like like basically wearing something as a wire under your shirt means you have a giant like console <laughs> on your chest.
4: So you go up to your chair, you're like, "Why well, is there a sheet on my chair? Do not look under the sheet."
2: A- everybody had Vader chest going on. <laughs> so um, so yeah, uh, a few days before the match. Uh, Korchnoi's chair was dismantled and x rayed by officials. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, they really? They had to x ray it. So, this chair raised Korchnoi above Karpov. So Karpov was no longer eye level. So Karpov requested a cushion so he could be <laughs> eye level with Korchnoi again.
5: I, I love how petty this keeps going. <laughs> I yeah, was like, yeah, I'm just... going to do this and this.
2: <laughs> this is where I even started. It's super petty. So uh, during the match, Karpov kept, kept swiveling in his chair.
1: Yeah, to avoid getting kicked.
2: Which made squeaking sounds. <laughs> so swiveling in his chair made squeaking sounds. Korchnoi complained about the squeaking. Of course he did. The officials... He's a little bitch. (laughs) The officials ask Karpov to stop. Karpov replies, I'll stop swiveling if he takes off his sunglasses.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So... Oh, my God. The
2: officials added a new rule. Of course. Any swiveling of chairs will forfeit the round.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll stop swiveling. You stop (laughs) kicking me in the goddamn shins.
2: Next... The yogurt, The yogurt. <laughs> the yogurt. <laughs> During the third round, the yogurt. He I just
1: takes out a big tub and starts like shoveling yogurt <laughs> in his mouth,
2: just sucking it in. <laughs> During the third round, Karpov. Ha- no, it's actually that's normal. <laughs> this is, that, is, is not normal. It is is, it? That's normal compared to what they do. <laughs> During the third round, Karpov had a glass of blueberry yogurt delivered to him, but uh, supporters yeah. of Korchnoi insisted that this could be a coded message to Karpov the yogurt okay no but okay so let me point this out though no one was sure what the code could be since chess because it's yogurt well since chess is too complicated for a single color to actually mean something (laughs) like chess is so complicated how could a single color mean anything yeah
4: but also well it doesn't mean anything to us But (laughs) grandmasters. True.
2: They're on another level. I mean, they're on like the higher level, elder god level where it's like yogurt is a language.
1: They actually see the colors in between the UV scale and the colors that we don't see. They
2: see what the yogurt could be, not what it is.
6: (laughs) (laughs) They handed me the blueberry on the bottom yogurt. That means I should do the Sicilian opening.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, but the other thing was no one was sure what the message could be since the players in the audience could all clearly see the board and there were no secrets to be (laughs) had Uh, the officials made a new rule karpov could receive desserts at specific times but the judges and players must all be aware of what color it would be before it reaches the floor (laughs) what Um... these are official rules going in the tournament handbook for that year
0: Fisher oh, okay. was right to leave. <laughs> so so basically
2: he can order the yogurt, but everybody on the floor has to know the color before it comes out on the floor.
4: Isn't uh, that when you just want to order something with rainbow sprinkles? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Next, the hypnotist. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor, I, I want to tell you guys about Dr. Vladimir Zukar. Doctor Vladimir Zukar was a psychoneurologist the director of the Central Laboratory for Psychology in Moscow's School of Medicine. Also, mm-hmm. Dr. Zukar was known in Moscow as a psychic.
1: <laughs> his Naturally. I-
2: his eyes were quote-unquote were like burning coals. <laughs> Basically, he, yeah, had burning
0: really,
2: he had really creepy-ass eyes. <laughs> he, he, he had Vincent Price eyes, kind of. <laughs> that's That's what he had
5: going on. He- Maybe he, had, I'm pretty sure he just has bloodshot eyes. <laughs> not sleeping. <laughs>
2: so Karpov hired Dr. Zukar to monitor and collect data on his sleeping, eating, working, and resting habits. But Zukar had another purpose. Years ago, Karpov played a match where he came to believe that someone in the audience was trying to hypnotize him. <laughs> the audience member was staring at him intensely. By the way, side note, isn't that what Karpov always does anyway? He's, like, staring at people intensely, and he's, like, he's he's like, well, I want to stare at people, but nobody has to stare at me.
5: That's how it is, man. That's how how it is. (laughs) Yeah, he's hiding. When you do something, you don't want other people to do it to you. That's usually the case. He
2: he sounds like a 16-year-old, basically.
5: (laughs) He sounds like someone that's cheating on his wife. That's pretty much what it is.
2: So, uh, quote, This is what Karpov said. The thought did not occur to me that hypnotism was being used against me, but I decided to engage my own psychologist. Back in the 70s, by the way, this is kind of weird to me, that psychologists were considered psychics. Like, I don't know, like, like basically, well, no, the way he's talking, he's basically saying, well, I'm going to hire my own psychologist. I don't think you know what (laughs) psychologists do, because the thing you want them to do is not what they actually
4: do. Well, yeah, but it's not like you went to a normal school. You went to a Soviet chess school. I don't think they were covering that's, different professions.
2: That's true. His his whole idea of what psychologists do were covered in, like, Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> but the Soviet kind, so it's, like, really weird.
5: That's like if you went to a school here and all they did was teach you Tetris. That's yeah. all you know, man. You don't know common sense.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, he's like, whoa, I can't line up. If I line up, all of us will disappear. <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, okay, so the first and second rows of this whole, like, tournament were um, were empty. So they were, like, spectators were not supposed to sit there, Right. Dr. Zukhar though, sat in the second row across from Korchnoi and tried to hypnotize him.
1: <laughs> cool. Stare into my eyes.
2: One of the biographers of this whole story said, quote, Dr. Zukhar fixed an unbroken stare upon Korchnoi during the entire 39 minutes, which Karpov devoted to his 15th move. Korchnoi seemed to not notice. So he, <laughs> this dude was really staring at Korchnoi for like 39 minutes and Korchnoi didn't even realize he's being impacted. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> To retaliate, Korsnoy's trainer had her daughter sit to the right of zukar <laughs>
5: oh, this, this is getting And great. she
2: had her boyfriend sit to the left of zukar <laughs> and they both intensely stared at <laughs> Zucar.
5: Oh, <my> <laughs> it's a staring,
2: so, uh, it turned into a staring contest. Basically, zukar was just fixed on <laughs> Korsnoy while the boyfriend and the daughter were staring at it's
1: Like, <laughs> Mom, you Zucar. owe me big time. And nobody's <laughs>
2: sitting around them. So there's just three random people He's staring. staring. <laughs> the officials did not take Korchnoi's complaint about Dr. Zukar seriously. So Korchnoi's people began to sit around Dr. Zukar to give him dirty stares. So now a <laughs> bunch of Korchnoi supporters are sitting this around Zukar to like stare at him and give him dirty looks. But then Karpov's people began sitting near them and staring in retaliation. So they're
1: all just like staring at each other, just with like. Bad looks on their faces.
2: Everybody's giving... It's basically high school. Everybody's giving dirty looks. These are like
4: Soviet Russian stairs too. (laughs) Like the coldest (laughs) stairs you can imagine.
2: It, 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 It is the most like, it's been, like, a month since I've had vodka, kind of stare. <laughs> it was intense. Also, this is the strategy that a 16-year-old would employ. Yeah, exa- and, well, yeah I, I think just... I think Karpov's 20 at this point, but still, he's practically a teenager. <laughs> this is what they do in I know, high
1: school. I remember in high school, I, like, I'd stare at my crush and be like, look at me, look at me, look at me. <laughs> trying but to hypnotize him, trying him to like him. him? Yeah, like me, like me. Love like me. me.
2: <laughs> Did it work?
1: No. So, really. okay,
2: Korchnoi's trainer then walked up to Zukar and threatened him by handing him a copy of a book called The Gulag Ar- Archipelago by Alexander Sol- uh which is a three-volume nonfiction story about prisoners in forced <laughs> Soviet labor camps.
5: <laughs> messed up. It
2: was the most roundabout way to threaten somebody. Seriously. But also it is a very Russian way to threaten somebody. Like, here is classic literature yeah read between read, the lines exactly everybody's gonna happen to it's you it's prison everybody here's intelligent we play chess we go to the ballet we read classic <laughs> literature read this book and know that i hate you <laughs> and know that i want you to be that's kind
1: of a cool way to threaten somebody that's a I cool think.
5: way to trash talk you just yeah. don't
1: exactly just be like
5: get in someone's
1: face take this book
5: you take
2: this it, book you
4: read this basically
2: this everybody in book. soviet russia russia was really passive-aggressive <laughs> <Yeah>. like everybody <laughs> staring at I mean, each other i feel other.
1: like how you say you know we say here in the courts the Judge threw the book at the person, but there's yeah. no literal book. I feel like in Russia, they would literally throw a book at you. They throw a book
4: at you, and you have to, to read it. throw it across
1: yeah. the room and hit you in the head. Yeah. In
4: Soviet
2: yeah. Russia, yeah. everybody knows yeah. the law.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Adjourned.
2: Yeah. Uh, so eventually, uh, finally, the officials made a new rule. No one can sit in the first three rows. <laughs> so Dr. Zukar began sitting in the fifth row.
5: <laughs> and worked his magic up there. <laughs> yeah. He now
1: has binoculars, and he's just staring at him from the fifth row. So next,
2: the handshake. At the start of the eighth game, Karpov refused to shake Korchnoi's hand, which broke formalities of the game. I mean, before every game, you're supposed to shake hands. It's a civilized game. So... That Austin Powers said this, (laughs) he said, quote, it will save Kortnoy having to go into his dressing room to wash his hands after the start of each game. (laughs) Oh, snap. (laughs) So both players refuse to speak to each other from then on, which is a problem because in order to end the game in a draw, both must agree. A professional (laughs) arbitrator was brought in to communicate between them. But this whole arbitrator thing led to many misunderstandings. And one of them was when Karpov tried to draw, but the arbitrator misunderstood and relayed it as Korchnoi forfeiting. So Korchnoi lost a match that Karpov was trying to draw as a result of this whole misunderstanding. So next, the press conferences. Okay. (laughs) So Karpov's trainer held a press conference. He insisted that Dr. Zukar is an important person who deserved to be able to watch the games.
0: <laughs>
2: Course noise trainer replied with their own press conference. Course noise trainer said, quote, we do not ask that Dr. Zukar be ejected from the hall, only that he sit at the rear. <laughs> Course noise sends a letter to the officials complaining about Zukar. Karpov then sends a letter to the officials complaining about the unfair treatment of poor Dr. Zukar. Korsnoy's trainer holds another press conference. This is all in a matter of days. Like, it's like a week. She claims the officials are pro-Soviet. So, the two Filipino officials hold their own press conference. <laughs>
5: oh, <it's laughs> a press conferences left and right.
2: Where they insist that they feel insulted by those comments. <laughs> That's all the Filipinos want to say. We are insulted by your insinuations.
1: <laughs> Take that into consideration.
2: <laughs> Next. Next. The psychic battles.
1: Next. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. We, it
2: yes, Brendan. Yes, Brendan. We have battles in the astral plane.
6: <laughs> well, sort of. So <laughs> banish you to the shadow realm.
2: <laughs> I summon the elder gods. <laughs> so um
4: activated my trap
1: cards.
2: <laughs> kind of, dude. I'm not going to lie. So, okay. Korsnoi decided to hire his own hypnotist.
1: <laughs> Naturally. He hires
2: a hypnotist named Dr. Vladimir Bergener. During game 12 through 14, Dr. Bergener would try to hypnotize Karpov while Dr. Zukar would try to hypnotize Korsnoy. <laughs> so they had two psychics you know, trying to... No, I feel
1: like the to, cross-hypnotization would just get lost. Out. It yeah. should cancel
2: So, so,
5: th- so there's no... Apparently, these two guys don't care about like fair play at all, do they?
2: No, I mean pretty much all. <laughs> it just went out the window. Pretenses of fair play went out the window at the chair. I think the chair was when everybody lost their mind.
5: <laughs> everybody lost their mind. Or I
1: feel like the cro- the cross of the stream of hypnotism will like bounce and refract back. What? And, like, or hypnotize or the l- audience like or something.
5: <laughs> like a, like proton packs, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Don't, like cross don't cross streams. Yeah, don't it's cross, the cross the streams. Explosion. And then they'll,
1: yeah, explosion. Yeah. Or they'll just, like, yeah. bounce off each other and go, like, go back to the doctors or something. Yeah. Or
2: the cross stream is suddenly going to, like create a portal and somebody's just like after 10,000 years I'm free
1: <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I, I,
5: I like how this thing is like we have two psychics they're gonna use their powers to help you like, yeah but, but they but, can't
1: but, be in close proximity yeah, because then you get yeah, that cross contamination but, but, but
5: the side effect is that it totally doesn't work <laughs> <laughs> ha, ye,
1: ye of little faith can
5: <laughs> that, that's the side effect it might not work at all
4: so you don't know it's it a change the color of the yogurt yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a it's a, tr- it's a tricky oh. art <laughs>
2: So, uh, Korsnoy eventually fired Dr. Bergener because he realized this whole thing was stupid. <laughs> it is okay, stupid. Well, fine, uh, someone came to oh. her, her senses. I mean, it's, uh, that's giving them too much credit. Somebody, because somebody at least had a thought of, okay, but well, maybe this isn't working.
5: Yeah, th- th- this is just <laughs> crazy now.
2: So, during game 16, Dr. Zukar continued to try to hypnotize Korchnoi from the fourth row. Korchnoi's Dude, I can't even say this a straight face. Okay, imagine this. Zukar is in the fourth row hypnotizing Korchnoi <laughs> from the stands, right? noise trainer sits next to Zucar and begins
5: tickling him. Oh, dude, It was very effective.
2: She is a world-renowned chess coach, and she goes to the stands, tickle, 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 and she tickles tickle, tickle. this psychologist.
1: I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you.
2: <laughs> At one point, Korsnoy stood up and threatened to poke Zucar in the eyes. <laughs> Quote, this is what the biographer says, shaking his fist, Kortnoy said, no matter what your jury thinks the rules say, I tell you, this man disturbs me. If he is not moved within 10 minutes, then I will move him. <laughs> In the middle of a chess match, he's shaking his fist and shouting at the stand.
1: Oh, this is this is live
2: on television across the world.
1: <laughs> I know I'd be down at my local bar.
2: <laughs>
5: Dude, I will watching be watching his. that. man if This is that crazy going on. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I totally would be. Wa- I was yeah, like, m- I want to check out chess this year. Like, what's the <laughs> yeah. next world championship? Like, this I want to go great. YouTube
1: and see if there's any, like, footage of this so I can, like, watch it. So the officials made a
2: new rule oh. no tickling, a No tickling. <laughs> no. no tickling. If, if only that, that'd make them sane. <laughs> uh, no, the officials said no spectators can sit closer than the seventh row. <laughs> they're just they're continually just pushing, pushing, him back. Up, they're back. pushing him back. Yeah. Uh, Korsnoy and his trainer held a new press conference. Uh, Kortnoy said, quote, the organizers must install a one-way mirror between the stage and the audience. I was just thinking
1: that. I'm like, they should put in a (laughs) one-way mirror. Oh, my God.
2: I will not play if a one-way mirror is not installed. (laughs) In the middle of, like, the 16th game of this tournament. Fair
5: enough. He's insisting on them building
1: uh, this, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, it. They yeah. Just let them play in a box.
5: Yeah, but based on how, what the crazy that has gone on yeah. so far, that's probably the sanest yeah. solution to all of this.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's not even crazy yet. So, no, no. the officials finally had enough, and they declared three new rules: no <laughs> more audience, they would be home;
1: um, no that, more, no more that,
2: psychics. That would be. <laughs>
5: That no more would be
2: smart. Okay, no so, more yogurt.
5: No more yogurt.
2: And you know what? No more chess. We're done. <laughs> no more chess. No more chess. The Everybody go, home. Everybody go home. The game is over. Everybody go home. We're switching to checkers, goddammit. So the official declared three new rules. There would be no mirrors, the audience will move no further back, and Korsnoy will remove his sunglasses. <laughs> Oh, that went cool. into the book. No sunglasses for Korchnoi.
5: I think all the whole thing was just because of the sunglasses, was it? <laughs> it started with. It started sun. with the sunglasses. Yeah. And
1: I kind of see him as the, the the douche that wears the glasses on the back of his head, <laughs> and it looks like he has eyes on his head. Oh, that's, he just walking through the halls. <laughs> I'm
5: that douche. Oh, no, <laughs> you're you're
1: not you're, you're not a douche. But that that but guy, that, that so guy's you know, a douche. The damage
5: is done.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna leave now.
2: The damage has been done.
1: <laughs> so finally. The Soviets,
2: the officials, and Noise people signed a contract to stop fucking with each other. <laughs> I mean, literally, the contract was just... Let's get back to the
1: game. Let's get
2: back to chess. We're not going to do this crap yeah, anymore. Exactly. So they signed a contract. But <laughs> but the next part of this story, the cultists.
1: Oh, my God. No, the cultists? <laughs> the cultists.
5: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what was wrong with... So
1: that what, was they're... last week. They're going to, like, sacrifice the rook or something?
2: (laughs) Game 18. Two people in white and saffron robes and hoods began appearing at the tournament. (laughs) (laughs) With no warning, two people in robes and hoods started appearing in the audience at the tournament. Karpov and his people were really unnerved. They were like, what? I would be too. By, I mean, by nature, Soviet chess players are paranoid. So Karpov's people, the Soviets, were just really creeped out by what is going on in the stands. <laughs> Korchnoi's people insisted that these cultists, these robed people, had as much right to watch the game as Dr. Zukov. Yes,
1: they do, damn it. Yeah. Maybe they just had the robe that they wanted to wear out. Yeah.
2: So, the cultists were known as Dada and Didi. That's, <laughs> their real names were Stephen Dwyer and Victoria Shepherd.
5: Okay. Why does this seem like an SNL sketch? <laughs> way exactly, happens? right?
2: Will Ferrell and like Amy Poehler like jump out. So, they were the American members of an Indian religious cult called Anandamarga. So there's a religious cult in India called Anandamarga, and these were the American cultists. <laughs> they, were the Amer- they were the they were the New Jersey branch of Anandamarga, <laughs> Anand oh, basically. Fine. Yeah. Uh, so there's something I want to tell you about them, but I want to tell you what they did. So um, Korchnoi had hired Dada and Didi to teach him transcendental meditation so he could fight back against zucar's hypnotism so he had them teach is him it? meditation to fight hypnotism
1: kalima kalima
2: sim, sim salavim <laughs> um or what 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 is uh what is grand uh, what does uncle always say you uh, may go quite fight out you may go quite fight these out i love that we did it at the same time That was perfect
0: what is that from the, the, Sounds like Jack,
2: Jack, Jack, Jack Jack yeah, Jackie, Jackie Chan Adventures. Jackie Jackie, one thing. more thing.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: Everybody
5: can do that. I uncle. love that. Jackie. Bate, bate,
2: bate, bate, bate. Bate, 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 So um, <laughs> during the tournament, guards were placed around Dada and Didi and also around the Soviets. But here's the thing you have to know. <laughs> It wasn't the mysticism that scared the Soviets. The reason the Soviets were so terrified it was the of Dada and Didi, earlier that year, they stabbed an Indian diplomat in order to gain <laughs> oh. public sentiment for one of their cult leaders who was in a prison in India. Dada and Didi stabbed an Indian diplomat.
1: Oh, my God.
2: And I want you to think about that, the level of crazy they stabbed a guy so the public will agree that their leader should be released from prison.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that does sound logic to me. I don't that, know about... Well,
2: By the way, they were sentenced to 17 years in prison for for attempted yeah. murder, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But here's the thing. They appealed the decision. Yeah. And then they posted bail.
0: Oh, my God. So they...
2: They posted bail, even though they were sentenced to 17 years, and they went to this chess tournament. <laughs> they just came from court. And so, th-
5: they wanted to go to the Philippines too, or what?
2: They, yeah, they, well, they got hired by uh, by Courtenoy, so that's why they went.
6: Oh, they had money. a place to be, clearly. Yeah.
2: So, um, by the way, also, some of the tournament officials began to receive threatening phone calls at night. Oh, my God. <laughs> the officials held a press conference where they declared a new rule. No one with a criminal record would be allowed on the premises. (laughs) (laughs) Dada and Didi agreed to remain at the hotel and not impact the match. They agreed. So after the press conference by the officials, they agreed, okay, we will leave the premises. We will not interfere with the tournament. And I shit you not, the very next day, Dada and Didi held a press conference to fuck with the Soviets. <laughs> Literally, just to fuck with the Soviets. Are, they're like, are, we're holding our own press conference.
5: There are too many people with press conference like, pr- privileges. I want to go to
1: the Philippines just to hold my own press conference.
2: Apparently, yeah. the Filipino press are are really open to press like, conferences. I don't know what
1: I would say, but I want to hold my own press that's conference. The,
2: that's the only way to communicate with the press in the Philippines. i just
1: be like, hi, I'm here. Um, I just want go, let you know. That's I that's
5: like, like, I'm, a, a <laughs> I'm going to logic plan I'm going to hold a press conference.
2: I want to hold a press conference, Paul. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> my, my Pinoy brothers and sisters get it. So, <laughs> so uh, basically, though, they uh, held this press conference, and in the press conference, they demonstrated their mystic abilities on camera. So, the Soviets were really freaked out, and they're like, dude, this is messed up. The officials declared. Another new rule:
1: no more goddamn press conferences.
2: <laughs>
5: no more press conferences in <laughs> this lifetime.
2: How else will they have a tournament without press
5: conferences? Yeah, press conferences. Uh,
2: they declared that Dada and Didi were not permitted in Baguio City during the rest of the tournament. They were booted <laughs> wow. from oh, the geez. city. The next part of the story: the return of Doctor Zukar. So <laughs> after this whole Dada and Didi cultist affair. For the rest of the games, the Soviets brought back Dr. Zukar. They're like, we'll take him hit.
1: over the cultists. They
2: will, well, well, Karpov hired yeah. hired uh, Zukar. Korchnoi had the cultists. So the cultists were kicked out. So Karpov's people, the Soviets, were like, all right, we're bringing back Dr. Zukar <laughs> then. They're, they claim that since Korchnoi broke the agreement by hiring the cultists, it was fair game. I mean, literally, <laughs> they're like, all right, it's fair game then. So. Horse noise people, the Soviets, and the officials were all mad at each other for, quote, making a mockery of this game. Uh, it is a
1: mockery. That train sailed a <laughs> long yeah. time ago. That,
2: that baby already came. Is yeah, yeah, that, that baby came. is, this that story?
1: Baby is now graduating college. Yeah. <laughs> he's looking into yeah. getting he, married. He's
2: going to a school for psychology. Exactly. Like I
1: mean, that that oh. is long. Man. Are we
5: still talking about chess? Yeah. <laughs> people still playing chess here?
2: <laughs> so, Aftermath. Korchnoi refused to continue the 32nd game of the match, what would have been the final game, because it was actually 5-5. to It was tied up. This would be the final match. So, um, quote, I don't resume the 32nd game because it had been played under absolutely illegal conditions. I don't consider the game valid. The match is not finished. I reserve the right to complain... To the World Chess Federation on the intolerable Soviet's behavior, the hostility of the organizers, and the lack of the lack of activity of the arbiters. So Korsnoy was absolutely done with this whole, you know, this mm-hmm. whole. Only standard. now he's only done. Now. Only, only now, now, as now he's, as he's, he's in done. the final. Yeah, because <laughs> he's losing. <laughs> Let's be real. He was. I mean, he, remember, Korsnoy's the guy where he he has ass pulls, and <laughs> this was his ass pull. He couldn't think of a way to win. Yeah. When he was in, because Karpov had positional <laughs> play, he had the end game. Korchnoi couldn't figure out how to how to win this game, so the only way to win is to flip the table. <laughs> He's like, "All right, this game's a sham. Now it is. Fuck
0: you." <laughs>
5: so what happened? Did he just walk off or what?
2: He yeah, he left. He uh, the win was awarded. I mean, he literally left the country. The win was awarded to Karpov, which means he won the tournament. The mm-hmm. final score was six to five. The officials. And this is like a final, like, fuck you from the officials <laughs> who are kind of tired of Korchnoi. The officials required Korchnoi to accept his defeat in order to receive the second place prize money. So if he wants Damn. to get paid for this tournament, he has to accept that he lost. <laughs> mm. A hearing was held in 1979 because Korchnoi appealed. All officials agreed that Dr. Zukar was a disturbing presence, but Korchnoi also lost the match under normal rule set. Yeah. So he did lose. Korchnoi and Karpov would be reunited in the 1981 World Tournament where they once again played to finale. They were the finalists. And Karpov won that match again. And he he did complete it. So he definitively beat Korchnoi. In 2016, Korchnoi died. Um, He was very old at that point. But he did continue playing chess professionally. Feels like last year. Yeah. (laughs) He did continue playing chess well there's a lot going on last year. we weren't <laughs> paying attention to the, the the end of the life of the, you know one of the greatest well, he is actually considered one of the greatest, if not the second best chess player the world's ever seen, Korchnoi, um, who has never actually held a title. you know Korchnoi passed away, but he played professional chess competitively till the mm. very end. Um, and both Korchnoi and Karpov, even though they had Shit with each other. They were the type of players who taught young people. They were always giving back to yeah. the community. They're all about that. Uh, lastly, Karpov is still one of the greatest grandmasters in the world, but he's no longer the champion. But anyway, that is the <laughs> crazy ass story of the 1978 World Championship. That's,
1: I don't know if that can be considered chess though. <laughs> Yeah. Well, actually, in a way, it is because they're making calculated moves against each other, and they're trying to. It's
2: just make a, it
1: through, and
2: it's on a weird, weird level. Yeah,
1: it's, yeah. It's, it it transcends the, chess. So in, it, it's so. It, it's
2: basically like Harlem Globetrotters of chess, basically. <laughs> That's kind of, kind of what they played, or like you know, it was like, just
1: like make the goddamn basket. <laughs>
2: So, Courtney, what is your story?
1: So, I'm going to share a list with you guys. Great. About people who took the games a little too far. Okay. Farther than that? So, <laughs> yeah. I mean I, I mean, I set
2: the standard of far.
1: It's, it's, it's pretty far. I mean, not as, not as far as what your story was, but it's still a little far. I mean, we all get frustrated. We all get yeah. competitive with our games, but I mean. Nobody flips a game like Korsnoy, who hires <laughs> cultists. But I mean, would you kill over the game. Okay, I that's pretty far.
2: Okay, that takes it. I want to hear that one.
1: Let's Okay. I yeah. have plenty. I, let's hear oh, it. Plenty. <laughs>
2: All right, let's do this. So,
1: we'll start off with the one that seems to be the the game at the top of the list that seems to ruin friendships and family relationships Risk. and everything.
5: We say Monopoly. Oh. Risk or Monopoly. Monopoly, yeah. Monopoly. That ruins Monopoly. friendships.
1: I mean, and one day we will talk about it, but Monopoly
2: has a pretty dark history. <laughs> yeah. It ruined lives. It ruined, yeah.
1: Well, this one definitely ruined <laughs> lives. There's two of them I want to share for Monopoly. So let's go to 2011, October 25th. This is recent. This is recent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you'd think that
2: by now people know Monopoly is well, not a good game to
1: play. Okay, so we have 60-year-old 60 60 year Laura Chavez. Mm-hmm. 48-year-old Clyde Butch Smith, and they're playing with their grandson, who is 10 years old, in Santa Fe, New Mexico. By the way, this is
2: fucked up already, only <laughs> because it's... Fam- I thought it's like two people playing, like like strangers, or like just
1: nope. two friends. It's a family matter. Dude, that it's kid, a that kid took
2: that shit way too uh, well, seriously. It's, it's, well, it's,
5: it's Santa Fe, New Mexico. There's so, nothing to do there. There's some
1: surprises. Le- the, the kid didn't do anything. Oh my god. Okay, the kid me, didn't I'll, do anything. Let's hear this. Okay, let's hear this. So, during the game, Chavez caught Smith cheating. They get into an argument. Okay, so they send the grandson to the bedroom. He's safe. Good. <laughs> He's out of the at room. least there's
2: that <laughs> consolation.
1: She gets a wine bottle, hits him over the head with wait, it. Why? Because he was cheating at Monopoly. At Monopoly. Monopoly. Oh God. Monopoly. <laughs> then wait, wait for it. She attacked him with a knife. The she's, wine bottle wasn't enough. She's. Stabbed and slashed him a bunch of times in the chest, neck, and face.
2: Go to jail. Go directly <laughs> go to jail. Directly Don't jail. pass, go. <laughs> Don't pass, go.
1: Chavez <laughs> did survive the attack, so he didn't die. Okay. But, I mean, he was stabbed over Monopoly. By and he was And he was hit in the mother. head with a wine bottle. <laughs> okay, so that's, that's story number one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's go to 1991. Okay, this is in Pennsylvania. We have 25-year-old Mark Chin- Chinkowski. And thirty-one-year-old Michael Kl- Klugznik. Okay, so they're playing Monopoly. Everyone has their own rules. Like I know, I, yeah. I our rule is like when any time that you're paying like a tax or whatever that goes in the middle, and then when you land on free parking, you get that money in the middle. Hmm. Ah. So that that's our rule that we play in our family.
2: I mean, by the way, don't play in the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be new rules like in the middle of the game.
1: <laughs> new rule.
5: <laughs> I'm not playing with any Russians. I just, yeah. don't... <laughs> Okay, yeah,
1: so they have their own rules or whatever. An argument breaks out. Chinkowski goes and pulls out a bow and arrow.
0: What the fuck? <laughs> what?
2: Dude, people with bow, bow and arrows and arrow? are not the people I expect to play Monopoly.
1: <laughs> he pulls out a bow and arrow, and he wants Klobzenich to leave. He get, Klobzenich does leave. He gets in his car. Chin, chin, Chinkowski... Wait, does...
2: does, does so who... who clearly... Chinkowski owns the game. That's his house, his game. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I guess, yeah. Because he's asking him to leave, you know. Rude. So, but, no, but, so Klovznik leaves. Chinkowski mm-hmm. follows him out and he shoots him in the chest with the bow and arrow and the guy dies. Old what? Kids. Well, who, he, the, who the heck attacks attack <laughs> him
5: with a bow and arrow?
1: Chinkowski does. But who I won? don't know. You so know t- what it is?
2: I'm willing to bet it was something that, and I don't know what it could be. Maybe you guys know. Klovznik was saying a pun. Over and over. Like a really annoying Monopoly pun. I don't know what it could <laughs> what be. Could be an
1: annoying mon- Monopoly pun?
2: But basically, whatever that this pun was, Chinkowski got so pissed, he's like, just leave. Just go. <laughs> go. Chase him out. As he's leaving, Klub's shouts that pun again. And Chinkowski <laughs> loses his goddamn mind.
4: He just
5: like, boom. Loses his shit. Yeah. Shoots him right in the chest. Freaking like Hawkeye. <laughs>
4: <laughs> You know, it's a community chest joke, and you know it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right in the community chest.
5: Right in the community chest.
1: <laughs> um, so Jankowski did get convicted on third degree murder, and he served. He was given nine to twenty-five years in prison
5: at the Milton Bradley <laughs> M- <laughs> jail. <Exactly. laughs>
1: okay, tying in with your story, here's a chess story. Okay, okay, we have thirty-four-year-old Saverio Blunt. Um, He's living in Dublin and he's renting a room from 39-year-old Tom O'Gorman. This is in 2014. Um, So they're playing chess and at some point there's disagreement over a move and Bellante beat O'Gorman with a dumbbell. Mm. Jeez. (laughs) Wait, it gets better. (laughs) He then stabbed him over a dozen times.
2: Whoa, this is not over chess. Oh my gosh. Well,
1: and then to continue it, he then cut Orgorman's chest out, ch- to cut his chest open, Yeah, and he ate his lung, but he thought it was his heart. He was going for his heart. <laughs>
6: <Okay>. so, <laughs> he was a heart with a lung.
5: <laughs> they don't look the same, by <laughs> the way. The they same. don't look alike at all.
1: We don't have
2: the most intelligent stable <laughs> of chess murderers.
1: But yeah. <laughs> so there's that what one. What the fuck? I'll just fuck. leave that there. Fuck. So, what
5: the? What's he fuck? drinking at the time?
1: Well, they're in Dublin. <laughs> Yogurt. So, probably.
2: Yeah, and that, that's already a game. How gift. sloshed
5: are you to do that?
2: This is the guy who's like the dropout from the cult. Like, he's like, oh, let me. You, you gotta, you have to eat an innocent person's heart to get into the cult. And he, like, fucks that up. Like exactly. At, at least get that part right. You killed a man. Oh, man. By I, the way, the dude's name was Blunt and he beat a guy to death. <laughs>
1: With a dumbbell.
2: Yeah. With a dumbbell.
6: your name yeah. checks out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Wait, why did they? I just noticed. Yeah, they called in the opening thing it says Blunt, but then later on the name changes to Belante.
2: Oh, well, I mean, you know, he's Italian. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, hey, yeah, my, my name's James Belante, but you can call me Jimmy Blunt.
1: <laughs> hey, come on. I just let's noticed go that chess. looking over this.
2: <laughs> you want to whack somebody? I got a dumbbell.
1: <laughs> okay, let's move on. Family game night. Oh, this is mm.
5: gonna be go. fun. <laughs> that's always fun. Oh no. You play your Uno let's, and your Yahtzee and your sorry.
1: Um, let's go to Christmas Day twenty ten.
5: Oh, that's recent.
1: Let's let's join Tamara Lee Mason and her sons, Jacob and Andrew. Uh, Jacob is 17. Andrew is 18. Uh, I already know
2: this Menendez Brothers shit. 17, 18-year-olds <laughs> always murder people for reasons. Well,
1: she she really, <laughs> she just wanted to spend time. It's Christmas. She just mm-hmm. wants to spend time with her sons. And what better way to bring people together than play a game of Yahtzee?
2: Mm. Oh. I
5: haven't played Yahtzee in years.
1: But, um... By
2: the way, Yahtzee is not a game game that kills because you're like really into the game. You're really frustrated. Yahtzee is a game you kill people over because you're just like, please let this end. (laughs) When can I stop this game?
4: (laughs) I've never wanted to murder a person over Yahtzee. The dice, yeah. People.
1: Okay. So Andrew and Jacob do not want to play. And instead of just saying, Mom, we don't want to play. Just just get a different game or let's just not do that.
2: Let me just go to my room and masturbate like
0: I always like, do. Exactly. Let's <laughs> I mean, just game. make this a Come on, normal Mom, day. A
2: like normal A normal day. family
5: That is night, you know? honestly what a 17-year-old probably does anyway. <laughs> yeah, that, that's,
2: <laughs> that's my family night.
5: they, a video they games, decided to, sports. to go
1: on a different route. They decided to put a plastic bag over her head and wrap it with a belt and uh, kill her. Now, their half-brother... That's not Yahtzee. Their half-brother, Dylan, took the body from the home wait 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 there's a third person there's a third person their half brother
0: okay
1: he takes the body takes it all the way over to alberta minnesota oh from their home in minnesota all the way over to south dakota to bury the body but the ground was frozen so they couldn't bury the body so then they put her in a shed and when people started asking like you know hey where where is she they're like oh she left because no one wanted to play yahtzee with her
2: Wait, that was their excuse? That was their excuse. These guys did not come from like the Soviets, or maybe they did come the Soviet school of, of, <laughs> of planning a murder because, okay, I mean, I can understand the whole like, all right, we spontaneously murder our mom and we drove her to you some You can place understand to, that, can you? Well, I'm I'm <laughs> a Yahtzee? I'm a pretty fucked up they person. Drove across, Apparently. They drove across Apparently.
5: state to bury her. <laughs> And didn't know the ground was frozen. Right.
2: That part, I'm like, okay. During Christmas, up. They, pretty much. Oh, that's... Okay, you know what? Maybe I don't. Because you're <laughs> right. In that part of the region, yeah. you're supposed to know the ground is frozen. Exactly. Frozen. Yeah. Wow, that's... These a- guys are... So not the, they're sharp?
1: 17 and 18. So yeah,
2: they don't sharp, know any. Like, not the sharpest uh, tool in the shed. It's like, hey, uh, Dylan, let's uh, let's go bury our mom, eh? The grounds are frozen. Uh, <laughs> don't here. don't
1: you know the grounds let's are frozen over
2: there? there. So, let's <laughs> go to <laughs> South Dakota. What do we do? Why I got... do you
1: sound like Fred Flintstone now?
2: Because that's yeah, how but... I an
1: accent,
2: man. never <laughs> do. <laughs> let's go to uh, let's go to South Dakota. Let's uh, let's
1: bury Ma.
5: Like, I don't uh, even know wow. what accent that is yeah, anymore.
1: I don't even. It's just an amalgamum of. It's... We motivation. really need
2: somebody who can do accents on the show because I clearly can't, you know. you yeah, have
5: plenty of people is, who do accents. Ah,
1: this is not working.
5: I mean, uh, I-, <laughs> but I
2: mean, but then they're just like, oh, alright, let's uh, we can't we can't bury her. Let's <laughs> let's bring her back home to the
1: shed. To the shed. And yeah. then when people ask, they bring up Yahtzee. That is like they're seventeen and eighteen. I mean, I mean,
2: you know, if they can just channel the creativity they put into masturbating into like, <laughs> dude, murder, dude. they might be able to like pull this off. Well,
1: what I think is even crazier is that apparently people kind of believed it because she wasn't discovered until July sixth. This happened Christmas Day. So six. She months? was not dis. It was not discovered until July. Why
5: didn't they just go into their rooms and lock their door like I do?
1: Exactly.
5: Or just drive. Just drive to North Dakota. We're, we're, we're ditching mom.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, wh- I
2: why can't no you just idea. slam the door in her face and traumatize her for life and then not take care of her when she's old like yeah. normal
5: people? <laughs> what is wrong with these people?
0: Yeah. I, well,
2: I, well and was, which was, what
5: happens
4: when you give a kid
2: Yahtzee <laughs> most, <laughs> most people kill their mom. In the long game, not the short game. <laughs> the game.
1: They didn't even play.
2: Murder in the long they game. They
1: didn't even start playing. Like, if you want to have some type of logic, okay, maybe in the middle of the game, they got so frustrated, maybe. they decided to strangle their mother, but they didn't even want to play the game. I don't
5: know. If my mom just, I just walked in the door and mom's like, let's play Yahtzee. I was like, "No, nah, I'm getting the <laughs> fuck out of here. <laughs> okay. Okay.
2: That, that is the level of like, remember the pun that that one guy yeah. was using that got him yeah arrowed <laughs> <laughs> that guy Air mean, that's the level of annoying basically every single night this mother's like guys family game
0: night Family everybody. Game <laughs> night.
2: let's play yahtzee and then one of the kids like mom can't we just play monopoly like normal people no let's play yahtzee, yahtzee, yahtzee. <laughs> or oh even worse dude the mom shouted yahtzee every day of their lives <laughs> yahtzee. Like, guys i just found a dollar yahtzee <laughs> God. Or like, like guys, let's go rent a movie, Yahtzee. <laughs> it'll only be
0: funny.
5: Well, murder's not funny, but it <laughs> it'll only make sense if there was like some backstory that led yes, to it. I,
1: yeah, I have no idea. Also, I tried to look it up, but like I said, I couldn't really.
2: Two more, two more things that have to be say that have to be said to make this a little bit amusing, though, is if. After murdering her,
0: Yahtzee. They were like,
2: they were just like Yahtzee, like all of them, same time, all three of them, <laughs> Yahtzee. But then afterwards, when the police found the body, David Caruso puts his sunglasses on. And he's <laughs> yeah. like oh
1: Yahtzee, Yahtzee, with his head <laughs> tilt to the side. <laughs> yeah. Looks
2: like this was a
5: Yahtzee. Oh don't pass, oh God. Go. don't pass,
2: go.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah,
5: it looks like they diced her up good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow! I
1: hate
0: yeah. all of you
5: so much right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's always that that witty thing.
1: Okay, so I think this is my favorite one. So this is in Utah County in November of 2014. 68-year-old John Valenzuela is playing Battleship <clears throat> with his 17-year-old oh, daughter.
0: No.
1: So they're what? playing they're playing Battleship now. Keep in mind. She is visiting him, and she currently stays with a foster family. Okay. So they're, And they're playing Battleship. During the game, he smashes the game because he thinks that she's cheating. Okay? And then when she tries... How old is she? She's 17. Okay. Mm-hmm. She tries to leave the trailer that they're in mm-hmm. and goes out, follows her, yeah. drags her back oh in God. by her hair. Oh no. Okay? Oh, my God. And then, not once, but twice points a loaded rifle at her head. So, I mean, she didn't die. She was able to get a hold of the police and she wasn't able to talk, but they traced the call. They went and they arrested him and then um, Good. they got him on intoxication and aggravated assault mm-hmm. and she went back to her foster family. <laughs>
5: yeah. And never came back again. Never, never came back again. Never
2: was. I mean, the foster system comes under so much scrutiny and criticism, but never has it worked so well yeah. as this. Yeah.
5: Honestly, that story, they should just made that story and made it for that Battleship movie. Battleship that piece movie. of shit movie. <laughs> that was a shit. Dude. Man, it was that bad. Ooh. Dude, oh
2: my gosh. Can you imagine Battleships as like this really powerful drama about a woman finding the strength to stand up to her abusive father? <laughs> Mother, Is it dead do dead dead? a game of battleship? Title card, Battleships. Oh <laughs> battleships. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to say, by the way, this whole story would be funny if it was Hungry Hungry Hippos. It <laughs> would be like way funnier.
1: I'm sure there's a Hungry Hungry Hippo story <laughs> it out literally, somewhere.
2: Literally take every murder board game story or just take my story for chess and throw hungry hungry hippos and it's instantly hilarious um all right so um ken do you have anything that you would like to shout out or promote
5: um no (laughs) okay Okay.
2: (laughs) all right uh courtney anything you want to promote nope okay well (laughs) brendan uh do you have anything you want to promote
4: uh, yeah, I'll give a quick shout-out to Coffee Culture for being a cool enough coffee place that lets my friends play games like Cards Against Humanity and play it very, very loudly.
2: Uh, Justin, is there anything you want to promote? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, David, anything you want to promote?
6: Um, yeah. It's not mine, but uh, a friend of mine uh leader games patrick leader of leader games uh and cole whirl and kyle farron they just uh, put a game up on kickstarter called root and it looks amazing and uh if you like to back games on kickstarter i can't tell you a better company to start backing they're also they also created vast the crystal caverns oh, I think um they like that, yeah, yeah. Mm. they're amazing okay. and uh definitely worth a look the art style is unique
2: great and well i mean i i'd like you to promote your game so what's your website
6: uh, obscurereferencegames.com it's quite a handle I know um, or you can go to overlordsofinfamy.com they lead to the same place
2: um, I will promote our show so again guys <laughs> you can find us on Google Play Music, on Stitcher on any of your podcast resources if you'd like to support us um, review us Leave a review. us. I mean we don't even ask for money for yeah, what we, we do right great right review us. Right us well alright guys we, uh, we gotta end the show So thank you for listening and, you know, join us again for the next episode that we have. The song that we are going to be ending with is Unusual Habitat by Silent Partner. So again, thank you for listening and uh, you guys have a great uh, great night. Take care. See ya. Bye.
5: Bye.
1: Ryan Anushar Dead is made possible thanks to KDHR, the student-operated radio station of California State University, Dominguez Hills. For more information about KDHR, please visit www.kdhr.net. The intro song for this show is Space Ace by Blind. The intermission songs are Brambles in the Breeze by Protricity, Lost in Time by Your Daily Water and Expert Novice, and Radical Dreamers Angelic Mix by Tim Shehai. This music is made available thanks to Overclocked Remix. For more information, please visit ocremix.org.